In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies. It is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, academic, philosopher, author, Joseph P. Farrell on the pandemic, vaccines, the Great Reset, and more. All of a sudden, now we're talking about vaccine passports. You've got to have your passport or be able to show that you've been vaccinated to go into a certain store or get on an airline or whatever. So in other words... That, to me, is the indicator that this is really about control. Did you know you can now stream episodes of this podcast on your mobile device? All you need is my new Conspiracy Unlimited app. It's absolutely free, and it's available for both iOS and Android devices. If you're a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member, pay attention. You can now stream premium content from your mobile device. My free Conspiracy Unlimited app. For iOS and Android, available from the App Store and Google Play. Get yours today and start streaming Conspiracy Unlimited on your mobile device. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. We have a treat for you. A researcher, author, academic, Joseph P. Farrell 
is with us. Uh, Joseph, of course, a recognized scholar whose credentials include a PhD in philosophy from the University of Oxford. His, his literary contribution is a veritable resume unto itself, covering such fields as Nazi Germany, sacred literature, physics, uh, finances, the Giza pyramids, music theory. He's a renowned researcher with an eye to assimilate a tremendous amount of background material. And uh, Joseph is able to condense the best scholastic research and publication and draw insightful new conclusions on complex and controversial subjects. He's so prolific. I, I literally cannot keep up and provide you with an accurate list of all his books. But here's, a, here's but a small sampling. Uh, Nazi International, the Giza Death Star, the Giza Death Star Deployed, the Giza Death Star, sorry, the Giza Star Destroyed, the SS Brotherhood of the Bell, Reich of the Black Sun, the Cosmic War, Secrets of the Unified Field, Roswell and the Reich, the Nazi Connection, Genes, Giants, Monsters and Men, Babylon's Banksters, Transhumanism, a Grimoire of Alchemical Agendas, Thrice Great Hermetica and the Janus Age, The Third Way, Covert Wars and Breakaway Civilizations, Hidden Finance, those are but a few. Great pleasure to welcome Joseph back to the program. Hey, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Richard. Thanks for having me back. It's been so long, Joseph. I've kind of lost the thread here. What are you working on recently? What have you been working on? Well, I just came out with a book uh, called The Tower of Babel Moment. Uh, it's a Lulu book on on the Tower of Babel story in, in ancient literature, not just not just the biblical version, but some of the other texts that mention it. And uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a fun book, but but not so much when you consider it with all the others. So that's basically we're up to thirty seven books now with that one. So wow. 37, my word. You're just writing and working around the clock, it sounds like. But So we appreciate your time. You're very generous with your time. We should also point out uh, the uh, the YouTube news and views from the Nefarium. And, of course, they can uh, go to uh, GizaDeathStar.com, right? GizaDeathStar.com. Can they can they stream it from there, or do they have to go to YouTube? Uh, they can do either with the, with the news and views. Uh, that's on YouTube, and it's also posted on my website. And then the members area stuff, of course, is just available on the website. I want to talk about some recent postings on GizaDeathStar.com, and one of them has to do with something called genetically engineered magnetoproteins. And I think many of us have seen these YouTube videos, Instagram or wherever, of people taking a magnet after they've received the vaccine and holding it up to their arm. And what's happening here? People are saying that there's some magnetic property in these vaccines. Does that make any sense to you? Well, it does make sense to me, because if you go back about uh, right to the beginning of, the, of what I'm calling the planned scandemic, if you go back uh, to the arrest of, of Dr. Charles Lieber, the Harvard chemistry professor, he was involved with the Wuhan Virology Laboratory. But the interesting thing about Dr. Lieber is that he specialized in nanotechnology and, and delivery systems for drugs and so on and so forth. So that's a little clue that something's going on here. And then the other thing to note, I think, about these vaccines, particularly the the messenger RNA vaccines, is that they have apparently employed some sort of nanotechnology. There's another article I blogged about uh, prior to the one that you mentioned that was from Johns Hopkins, where they took some nanotechnology and created a little delivery system 
of an unfolding pod. I don't know how else to describe it. It looks kind of like a very, very small, artificial-looking flower bulb. And it, the petals, so to speak, on this thing open up, and that's what delivers the drug. But they will embed themselves into the cell tissue, into your into the tissue on the inside of your body, and then open up and deliver these drugs. Well, the interesting thing is a lot of these, these proteins have a kind of metallic basis to them. So I'm not surprised that some people claim to be, you know, magnetized where they've received the shot. But I've also heard stories, to be quite honest, Richard, that, that some of the uh, swab that they use, you know, to, to sterilize your skin before they give you an injection also contains uh, magnetic material. I don't know if that's true or not. But given what we've seen with how they've finagled with the numbers and everything else, how they've exempted the pharmacy companies from liability with these with these so-called vaccines, I wouldn't be a bit surprised that there's some sort of metallic content into these into these vaccines that they're delivering that could perhaps temporarily magnetize you. So you mentioned these ingestible capsules mm-hmm. customized to uh, deliver drugs. This is a, at MIT, I think. This this was yes. designed, or or uh, so, and they can be controlled. If I'm if I'm understanding this correctly, using Bluetooth wireless technology. So yeah, yeah. Like just leaving the the vaccine and the magneto properties aside for a moment, and just talking about these pills. What's the idea here that that someone, a third party, could control the release of the medication that's in your system? Right there. They have created these technologies, um, and I think if you if you do a search, there's even a similar patent out from from Bill Gates for these for these nanotechnology delivery systems that respond to certain frequencies. You know, like your your television remote control or your VCR remote control or whatever will have a specific frequency that only that particular VCR or television will respond to. So they can do this now with the nanotechnology. So they can send out a signal and cause these little pod things to open up and deliver their drugs. And who knows what else they, you know, what else they might be doing with this stuff. But yeah, I think that's possible. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah, what, I know what could possibly go wrong. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting that they they are doing this at a time when they're rolling out 5G, you know, they're putting up all these transmission towers and so on. So we're looking, you know, we're looking, in my opinion, Richard, at a system where the plan scamdemic is being used really, I think, to implement something much broader because I think they're planning to tie this to a social credit system such as they have in communist China where, you know, we'll deliver your drugs, we'll... we'll deliver your digital currency but if you only if you behave yourselves so you know they're they're setting up a literal uh, a literal beast system i don't know what else to call it that's what my friend Catherine right. Fitz calls it and i think she's pretty correct on that right it certainly sounds all the world like that it's quite chilling up here in ontario we're still languishing under I call Ontario now the land that time forgot because we look south to the United States and everyone uh, seems to be opening up out there. We see baseball stadiums filled to capacity and uh, we have yet another stay-at-home order into mid-June. 
And uh, they're holding this carrot over our head that if we get, they're going to open up, they say, in phases. So the first phase, if 60% of the population is vaccinated, will give you a little bit of your normal back. If then in phase two, if 70%, you'll get a little sliver of your normal life back. And then finally, phase three, we need 80% uh, of you vaccinated. I mean, I I don't want to argue the efficacy or the safety of vaccines and people want to have the vaccine. That's certainly their business. And those that don't, that's their business. But this, this level of coercion, uh, you know, have we forgotten about the Nuremberg Code? I mean, how can, how can people have such short memories? Well, this is what bothers me about it, Richard, is, is they are clearly tying this, 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 uh, plan scandemic to basic fundamental human rights. And, and as you, as you indicated, it's, it's a basic violation of them. I mean, my word, your country was founded on, on the recognition of these basic rights. So was this one, uh, and of course the European countries. And it's interesting to me that if, if these vaccines, were so safe. Why? Why are they resorting to such draconian measures to push people into receiving them? In fact, I think what you see happening in this country, to a certain extent, is a bit of backlash now, because they have pushed that agenda so hard, and it's been so in your face on all the national media and regional media and local media down here, and I'm sure it's probably the same up up there in Canada, that there is now kind of a, a backlash and a reticence because I've, I noticed on, on my local news report about three days ago on the, on the local radio station, they were complaining that the number of people getting vaccinated had sort of peaked and had stabilized. In other words, they're not seeing any increase in the numbers of people getting vaccinated. In fact, it's kind of fallen off. So now you have governors in various states in this country promising, uh, you know, $300 checks if you go get your vaccines and so on and so forth. So I'm thinking there's another agenda here besides just, just the COVID virus. There's another agenda, and it's a social agenda. They want everybody hooked up into this system. Right, right. We have these uh, pop-up vaccine fairs i guess if you will <laughs> you know with balloons and hot dogs for the kiddies and uh uh in some places in in canada children do not need parental consent uh so someone can give your child a jab um without you knowing about it first uh, beforehand i i just think this is absolutely outrageous it is uh, you know outrageous. it's yeah, it is, I, I'm totally agreed with you there, and and we've had similar cases down here, Richard. So it's not confined just to Canada. Um, it, it, to me, it's totally outrageous. And again, what's the real agenda here? You know, what bothers me, Richard, and and I, you know, I've tried to be low key in my in my response to people that have have either urged the vaccine or talked about the vaccine or asked me if I've got one. And my answer is no. And, and I had a friend, uh, was over at a friend's about two weeks ago, and she had received it and asked me why I was so against them. And I said, well, you know, would you get on an airplane that had never been tested, that the FAA approves the airplane for, for civilian air flight and exempts the company that makes the airplane from any liabilities if there are any adverse aeronautical events? Well, most people would say, no, of course not. 
but this basically this is what we're being asked to do with these vaccines these things have not been adequately tested we're hearing stories already on on the internet from various doctors and so on who are who are very worried about the occurrence of prion diseases you know and and that's what they're calling it in their in their studies and literature but basically what they're really saying is mad cow disease and other neurological effects alzheimer's and so on and so forth so you know there's another agenda going on here richard and and the fact that they're they're opening this up for children to take it without parental consent this means there's something else going on this this is not about covid you also, um, I, I believe this was in one of your more recent news and views from the Nefarium uh, podcasts or mm-hmm. vodcasts, I, I guess, or vidcasts. Uh, it had to do with the uh, one of the discoverers of the uh, uh, HIV. He isolated the um, yes. human, uh, and 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 he, uh, he, Nobel Prize winner from two thousand and eight, I think you you mentioned, mm-hmm. and he is attributing these variants to the vaccine right right tell me a little bit more about that well you know this is this was the suspicion that began to be raised when when they they first announced the nature of of some of these vaccines now to be clear not all the vaccines are these messenger rna vaccines but the moderna and pfizer vaccines are and what these vaccines do is they literally tell your your own body to produce the spike protein for the virus and in the hopes that this is going to stimulate the production of, of antigens to it. And the problem that many people had when they first announced what they were doing was that this will modify your DNA in some, some form or fashion. And... That led almost immediately, if you have been following the alternative literature on on the corona story on the the Internet, this led almost immediately to some doctors positing, well, these vaccines could cause variants. They could perhaps even create them through the messenger RNA. And all of a sudden, this is what we're seeing, you know. So (laughs) where does it stop? And just before we went on the air... I received an email from somebody saying that they're now proposing more nanotechnology injections to prevent the clotting that some of the vaccines are causing. Oh, (laughs) dear Lord. Yeah, I know. You know, where does this end? And this is my problem from the beginning, Richard, is the human body is a magnificently complex organism. And in our hubris, we have charged in with these messenger RNA vaccines and with no intergenerational long-term testing of their potential effects. This is what bothers me. This is the GMO story all over again. And we don't know what the long-term effects are going to be. We're already seeing some pretty bizarre and horrifying adverse reactions and that's, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is just the beginning of the story. So now we're going to make matters worse <laughs> by injection of more of the same, you know. I, I just don't get it. This this is not the behavior of rational people. A couple of weeks ago, or certainly from the beginning, and but up until a couple of weeks ago, anybody who dared mention that uh, this uh, virus may have 
been concocted uh, during gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Virology Lab, mm-hmm. uh, they would have called that person a, you know, a crackpot and a conspiracy theorist. And then now we start to hear Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky – uh, just raking Anthony Fauci over the coals in these uh, Senate committee hearings. It's 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 not sounding so crazy anymore, is it? No, it's not sounding so crazy. Let's go back and remember that Dr. Fauci was doing this gain-of-function research back during the Obama administration, I think circa 2012, 2014, somewhere in there. And President Obama heard about it and actually shut that research down. He said it was too dangerous. So what did Fauci do? Well, he took it and he moved it to the Wuhan laboratory and funded it with with federal funds. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he has a lot to be scrutinized for. And let's not forget that his wife is very chummy-chummy with Bill Gates. So there's yet another connection. So it's looking to me like they, you know, they have foisted a what, to my uh, analysis, is a false narrative about the, the nature of this virus. There has been a number of papers questioning whether the virus is, was ever adequately even isolated. And on top of that, then we had all of the CDC and various countries playing with the numbers on this thing. And now all of a sudden... They have shifted gears, and they are fiddling with the numbers again. And as far as I'm concerned, Richard, they are not reporting adequately the numbers of adverse re- events. I saw just before we came on the air a study of uh, comparison of the actual deaths from, from flu vaccines, which I think in the, in the case of the swine flu uh, vaccine craze a few years ago, was somewhere in the 50s, 50 deaths from the vaccines in the United States, and they stopped the vaccines. Well, Richard, we've had over 3,000 deaths that that the mainstream media has admitted so far. And they're, right. they, they keep admitting, uh, pardon me, they keep administering these vaccines to people. And some of the adverse reactions, Richard, just, just you know, they, they make your hair stand on end. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. C60 Evo delivers the miracle molecule, ESS60. It's pure carbon 60. Why not love your body and share C60 Evo with those you love? ESS60 from C60 Evo is a mega antioxidant for increased strength, endurance, flexibility, and a deeper sleep. It's great for pets too. I take a tablespoon every day and so does the mighty Aphrodite. We're both sleeping better than we have in years. And during the day, we have such tremendous energy and vitality. We're both pain-free. In a landmark peer-reviewed animal study in Paris, France, rats fed ESS60 lived twice their normal lifespan. Go to c60evo.com slash Richard hyphen or click on the C60Evo link in the episode notes. Use the code EVRS at checkout and save 10%. 
ESS60 from C60 Evo. Order your Miracle in a Bottle today. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again. I don't know what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Joseph Farrell, the uh, author of The Giza Death Star Deployed, Giza Death Star uh, Destroyed, The SS Brotherhood of the Bell, The Cosmic War, The Third Way, Covert Wars and Breakaway Civilizations, Hidden Finance, uh, just uh, on and on. 37 books now and counting. And uh, we're so delighted that uh, Joseph can stay with us. So uh, we were talking about, or I was mentioning Senator Rand Paul and questioning uh, Anthony Fauci about this gain-of-function research. And we even heard from the uh, the bat lady who was doing the uh, Dr. Shi uh, Zhengli, I believe her name is, who was doing this gain-of-function research. She's acknowledged it. She's mentioned, I think, specifically uh, Anthony Fauci and, and, and the NIH. And, of course, Dr. Fauci's organization is under the auspices of the NIH. It seems like... Uh, and and if this is true, I mean, if it if it happens to be true, we find out. I mean, does that not make Fauci culpable for this whole monstrosity? Well, unfortunately, under uh, any normally functioned system of justice, in my opinion, Richard, it would. But unfortunately, you know, we're looking at the residue of, of several years of, of liability immunity for these pharmacy companies precisely on the subject of vaccine. And this, this is what ha- has happened with these vaccines. They've been, out, been brought out without normal uh, FDC testing procedures in this country and, you know, specifically exempted from any liabilities. But, yes, I, I certainly think it makes him culpable, and I'll go even further, uh, Richard, and say that uh, and I'm sure it's probably true up there, uh, as it is down here. The the mainstream profitainment media, as I like to call them, have basically shut out any discussion of the contravariant science to some of this stuff. In other words, you don't hear from the doctors that are questioning the vaccines themselves, that are questioning the testing procedures, that are questioning whether or not it was ever adequately isolated, and so on and so forth. Those doctors are out there. And they're out there in the hundreds, if not thousands, of people. But there's been a kind of complete media blackout, which is not surprising, given you know that Big Pharma has so many commercials on those networks. So as far as I'm concerned, we're looking at media culpability for a lot of this stuff as well. I would agree with you. Uh, complicit by their, their silence. They're simply, and I've talked about this ad nauseum, I guess, on the radio, but they've, they've just been carrying the water for... Yep. Uh, authority figures, and this is not, you know, what they're supposed to do in a in a healthy uh, democracy. Um, I've talked to a number of economists. One, in fact, from Simon Fraser University, who just uh, uh, published kind of a meta analysis of eighty other cost benefit analysis analyses of uh, the lockdown, and uh, they all say the same, without exception. They all say the same thing. The, the benefit of locking down is negligible at best. Yep. All you're doing is delaying mortality. But the costs uh, in terms of uh, uh, suicide, uh, mental health, obviously the economy itself, businesses lost, uh, um, delayed surgeries, uh, and, and so forth, are incalculable. Mm-hmm. Like, w- we may not 
we may not be able to survey this damage for some time and get a full a sort of a full scope of of the damage that's been done and yet as you say the mainstream media is not interested in speaking truth to power to use that old cliche that was that's that's what they used to do it's interesting if you go back and 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 the, the wayback machine on youtube and watch 60 minutes with with mike wallace say 30 maybe 40 years ago the way he would grill people in big pharma vaccine manufacturers boy we don't see that anymore do we no we don't and this and i'm so glad you mentioned you know mike wallace in, in 60 minutes because that kind of journalism is all but absent anymore and you would think especially during a a you know a, a so-called pandemic that there would be a, an effort made at least to interview people that are questioning the narrative that's being put out there by by the healthcare authorities and what's disturbing more even more to me richard <coughs> pardon me is that we've been hearing the mantra you know trust the science trust the science but the problem is we're being asked to trust only one narrative of that science. So in other words, the other victim here with this pandemic is going to be science itself because science is not about authority figures. Science is about data and so on and so forth, actual hard results. And again, trust me, there is, there's a lot of, of data out there on the Internet for people willing to look for it. But that's the problem. They're, they're not looking for it, and in some cases, you know, they're being censored off of the Internet and so on and so forth. So this is not science. What they're erecting here is a so-called scientific priesthood that's going to pronounce all of this stuff safe. Well, you know, where, where is the long-term intergenerational risk assessment and testing for these experimental vaccines? Answer, there is none. There is none. Well, they they tried these mRNA uh, vaccines before, uh, and I'm remembering the animal studies, the the ferrets. Yep. Uh, do you remember those studies with the ferrets? And 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 then Very vaguely, the, but I I'm familiar. You know, you mentioned it, and I'm nodding my head because I I do remember those studies, but I don't remember much detail about them. Well, I mean, I guess the big picture was that uh, once they were then exposed to the the um, you know the wild virus. Mm-hmm. Each, every single ferret in the study died. Each, yep. every single ferret, and so they abandoned uh, the the, uh, the research in that. Uh, and now here they are again, warp speed. And uh, um, anyway, it's um, it's 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 chilling what's going on. Uh, what other what what are the you know I, I look at it as a, as a beta test because the next time you know they'll they'll try and ram something else through uh, on us now that they've sufficiently beaten us down it's like you know oh please you know give me the vaccine i don't care i just give me the vaccine i want my life back but what else what other what other agendas are at work here um you know whether it's you know the world economic forum and the great reset what do you see happening that's sort of being piggybacked um onto this uh, this pandemic that that uh, whether it's social engineering or um, I don't know, a, a new monetary system? What, what, what do you see happening? Well, I see, I see all of that involved. In other words, I, I, I'm like you. I view this, Richard, as a beta test, but it's a beta test of social engineering techniques. It's a beta test of distracting people from what's really going on. And for me, for me the biggest part of this whole plan scandemic is 
all of a sudden now we're talking about vaccine passports. You've got to have your passport or be able to show that you've been uh, vaccinated to go into a certain store or get on an airline or whatever. So in other words, that to me is the indicator that this is really about control. They want to lock down the population. They want to get them all, you know, chipped or whatever it is they're doing with these vaccines. And they want to, you know, they, they are making a huge push for a digital currency. And, and the way I'm looking at it is just like I said at the top of the hour. I think what they're really intending is to couple all of this into a social credit system with digital currency. Now, folks, I, you know, I, I'm echoing Catherine Fitz here. She and I have talked about this until we're blue in the face. But a digital currency of that nature tied to a social credit system is not a currency. It's a corporate coupon. And they can adjust the value of that coupon any time they wish. So, in other words, be good little boys and girls, get your vaccines, so in other words, the response to this program is, I think, the beta test. How much of the population can we persuade to go along with this voluntarily? And the answer, I think, that they're getting is not as much as they thought that they would. Otherwise, we wouldn't see this, this ratcheting up of uh, inducements and, you know, as you said, balloons and parties and offers of cash and so on and so forth to go out and take these vaccines. So, you know, the, the story or the narrative or the agenda, I think, is beginning to break down a little bit for them. The Great Reset. You may remember that I'm um, married to a, uh, a lovely Greek girl. And so, you know, we're constantly following what's happening over there in Greece. And their prime minister recently was doing some sort of a, a greeting on Twitter. And we noticed on his uh, desk in the background was a copy of Carl Schwab's Great Reset book. Mm -hmm. So what, in your estimation, is sort of the status of the Great Reset? Has the World Economic Forum uh, been successful in, I guess, putting whatever measures they have in mind in place? Or are they sort of playing defense now? Because as you mentioned, people are starting to rise up. I read uh, recently that uh, somewhere between 40 and 50 percent of people at the FDA and the CDC are not taking the vaccine for whatever reason. So is the World Economic Forum, are they back on their heels or are they pushing ahead with this great reset whatever it is well i think they're pushing ahead but i think they're pushing ahead richard out of desperation in other words you know uh it's it's the best off the best defense is a good offense sort of strategy but i do think that uh some of the wheels have come off the cart so to speak during all of this and you know, Schwab himself is is pressing even more heavily to get, you know, to get everybody vaccinated and so on and so forth. But again, to me, this is the surest sign that we're dealing with really what is a financial and economic objective. And their their desperation is they want to hold on to power. That's, that's the bottom line. And it's coming off the rails and they're clamping down and they're in a hurry. And I view that with some optimism because if you're if you're that desperate and if you're that uh, committed to your agenda and you're in a hurry, you're going to make some very basic mistakes. And I think we're seeing them starting to make some of those mistakes because the hysteria has ratcheted up, particularly in this country, against those governors and, and city officials and so on that have basically said enough of this. You know, we're opening back up and so on and so forth and 
the hysteria down here is <laughs> against some of these people is is just kind of off the charts. But more and more people are are just openly defying uh, some of these lockdown orders. I know it's been going on up there in Canada. It certainly is going on down here in, in the United States. So I think you know I think Mr. Globaloni is acting increasingly desperate and hysterical. How much of the lockdown uh, has to do and the Great Reset is is about um, preparing people for this fourth industrial revolution, particularly robotics, artificial intelligence. And we've heard figures about job displacement in North America, something like 60 million workers. And this is not like a recession where the jobs disappear and then they come back. These are like 60 million jobs gone forever. And then we see, you know, uh, uh, people floating ideas of uh, guaranteed universal income, because, you know, what are these 60 million people going to do? Uh, they're going to sit on their hands, right? So is, how much of, of what's going on is about, is about pre- preparing us for basically a, a world without jobs? Well, I think a lot of it is, at least in their thinking. But I'll tell you something, Richard. There's something very peculiar going on in, in railroads. And, and people that know me know where I'm going to go with this. Because my dad was a railroad engineer, not, you know, not the locomotive kind, but the engineer that inspects the tracks and so on and so forth, when I was very, very young. And um, he got me fascinated with, with steam locomotives. And if you've been following what's been happening with railroads in this country, the Union Pacific Railroad has been restoring steam locomotives at a breathtaking rate. They just finished restoration of an articulated uh, big boy steam locomotive, 4884, to, you know, haul freight and so on and so forth. Now, the interesting thing is Union Pacific isn't investing all this money to basically create a locomotive works in Cheyenne, Wyoming, to, to enhance railroad heritage days. There's something else going on. And my suspicion is that with the increasing reliance of of global technology on digital systems, they've suddenly realized that they've exposed themselves and their their precious systems to a little thing called electromagnetic pulse, or for that matter, hacking, cyber hacking, and so on and so forth. We just saw the Colonial Pipeline takedown. So I think Mr. Globaloni is also kind of hoist by his own petard. They're trying to put in digital systems, and particularly digital currencies. So what you're seeing as pushback, at least here in the States, I can't speak for up there for the Canadian provinces, but in, in several states in this country, we've seen some pushback of a very unusual nature against this idea of digital currency. South Carolina passed a measure recently to acknowledge as legal tender for all transactions bullion coins. And interestingly enough, that that legislation did not state that the coin had to be denominated in dollars. Texas opened its own state bullion depository, and so on and so forth. So you're seeing some very unusual pushback that tells me that somebody, at least in some of these states, knows what the game is, and they're acting accordingly uh, to, to secure some sort of basis for currency should they try to roll out a digital system with their helicopter money and the missing jobs and a universal basic income and so on and so forth. So you mentioned uh, the Colonial Pipeline and uh, the 
the uh, cyber criminals that that effectively shut that down and and caused uh you know long lineups at the uh, the gas stations and so forth and and uh, really kind of a i think a warning shot of things to come uh and then then colonial admits that they ended up paying 5 million dollars in ransom in cryptocurrency um i i think we're probably not getting the full story here. What what are you hearing about what really happened? I mean, was this really just an isolated, you know, an incident of of uh, some gang of cyber criminals that decided, you know, to roll the dice and see what would happen? And lo and behold, yeah, they paid up. I mean, what what, what are you hearing about this? Well, I've heard basically the same thing, but I'm like you. I don't think that we've heard all of the story. And one of the interesting things about the colonial thing that I don't know what, how it was reported up there, but some of the media down here was re, was citing government officials and so on, saying things to the effect that this is there. There will be more of this. So you know, are we looking at a false flag? You know, to prep people for more internet uh, activity of that nature? I don't know, but uh, you know, to me, it's very suspicious. And Richard. About a week after that story broke, there was a story about the interstate bridge on Interstate 40 from Arkansas into Memphis, Tennessee. The bridge was shut down because they had discovered a crack in one of the pylons on that bridge. And I've seen pictures of this crack, and the top of the crack is is a perfect straight line. Now, the effect of that bridge shutdown was that barge traffic on the Mississippi River, south and north of, of Memphis, Tennessee, came to an absolute standstill. So somebody appears to me to be working awfully hard to take down the, the infrastructure of, of the United States in, in these kinds of creative ways. So I think Colonial Pipeline is kind of the tip of an iceberg that that they're getting ready to do something major in order to push their agenda. Okay, that concludes part one of my two-part conversation with Joseph P. Farrell. I'll be back in about one minute with a few words about an upcoming episode. If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus, exclusive commercial-free episodes per month, plus access to my back catalog of episodes. To subscribe, just go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Gain Access to Premium Episodes. Again, go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Get access to premium episodes or click on the link in the episode notes. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for less than $2 per month. Why not sign up today? Coming up next time, more of my conversation with Joseph P. Farrell. What's the secret agenda behind UFO disclosure? If you look at the space stories in the last few years, it appears to me that they've been trying to carefully prepare narratives for people. Uh, we had, you know, we've had the asteroid threat narrative back during the Chelyabinsk meteor incident, and then all of a sudden that morphed over the next couple of years into, well, we've got to go out 
and explore all these asteroids and mine all these asteroids. And that, to me, was a huge clue because this was occurring a few years after the financial meltdown of 2008 and the bailouts. And during that period, we were told that the, the amount of derivatives sloshing around in the world financial system was somewhere between 14 and 17 quadrillion dollars, which is several times the gross domestic product of the entire planet. So all of a sudden we start hearing about asteroid mining and all of a sudden we find our uh, asteroids out there whose uh, mineral worth has been calculated to be, oh, magically, somewhere between 14 and 17 quadrillion dollars. So <laughs> imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. And this is a nice, convenient way, you know, to wipe out all that bad paper on the books. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.